now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton. I'm Steffi Barnett. Today we're talking about HIV testing. Uh, Steph speaks to THT about this rather important subject. Plus we've got our first play of their fundraiser song. Uh, and the lovely Ezra is back with Queer Story. And this time she's talking about the Wachowski sisters. I hope I said that right. Um, <laughs> we'll let you know later. Yeah. All today right here on Shout Out. Bum. Hello, sorry, I was doing that for Lara. Do you want to sing Happy Birthday? Yeah, Happy Birthday, Lara, for yesterday. Happy Birthday to you. Happy and, Birthday, Lara. Uh, mm. Yeah, and Happy Birthday, Matthew, for yes. today. He Our told us reader not, extraordinaire. He told us not to make a fuss. <laughs> he did. Happy Birthday, so Matthew. Happy Birthday, Matthew. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Hello, Terry, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. And then there were three. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. Tonight. Yes. Indeed. That's right. Uh, hosting the programme anyway. But well, we have yeah, I was going to say, got se- several, several thousand listeners out there. It's, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not on our own. Oh, yes. So. Of course. Mm. We're not alone. No, alone. we love you all. So thank you very much for we're tuning never in. Never alone with the... Uh, what was that you used to say, Andy? You used to say the gay men's... Um, Motto was never leave your friends behind. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you going on the air and talking about that. So that's yes, it's a, it's a good motto for gay men, don't you think, Terence? Yeah. <laughs> uh, along with wise men never play leapfrog with unicorns is another one. That's <laughs> I think that might be I'm dangerous for everybody, one, actually, not just gay men. <laughs> no, I said wise men. <laughs> or did I say gay men? I meant wise men, anyway. So, anyway, welcome to um, uh, LGBT Plus History Month as well. Yeah. Uh, kicked off at um, um, uh, yes. well it's going on throughout February if you're listening in America um, I know we have a few listeners over there things around the other way so it's Black History Month in America when it's LGBT History Month here and then and vice versa. Uh, yeah the other side of yeah. the year it's the other way around I don't know why I, I don't it's know why it's crazy isn't yeah. it you'd have thought we'd have levelled it up yeah um, uh, we've got some new segments as well that we're running throughout the month one minute segments of um, of people that you knew and know from history, um, the queer history. So looking forward to that. And yes. Of, yes. And, um, Love a bit of history. Vachowskis, um is the pronunciation. Um, well, I always yeah. thought it was the Vachowskis, but um, anyway, they anyway, did the yeah. they did the Matrix, Cloud mm. Atlas, yes. uh, Bound, yes. of course. That well, was they, their they, first they did they did the um, uh, Matrix as brothers, didn't they? And they are now sisters, yeah, well, which first, is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? the so. first Matrix. Anyway, I won't ruin it because we've got a really packed show, so I'm going to move straight on. Um, we're going to be talking to THT in a minute, so stay with us. You listen, shout out. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. My sexuality has never been a problem to me, but I think it has been for other people. Dusty Springfield. During the 60s and 70s, not many popular parts of gay or lesbian culture fitted into the heteronormative world and even fewer were celebrated. Dusty fits seamlessly into both. She was a woman ahead of her time. 
She never accepted the idea there could be any limitations placed on her based on her gender or sexuality. Dusty's fierce intelligence, her love for women and her stance against racism and injustice brought her into conflict with the chauvinistic music industry of the time. She always knew what she wanted and she went for it. In a 1970s interview, she spoke openly about her sexuality and in 82 she got married many years before gay marriage was legalised. She is an LGBTQ plus icon attracting many LGBTQ plus fans and drag artists who love to impersonate her. At the age of 59, Dusty sadly passed away. Elton John said, I just think she was the greatest white singer there has ever been. Every song she sang, she claimed as her own. The Shout Out Podcast. As LGBTQIA History Month bumps right into HIV testing week, we've brought two people in from THT. That's Kate Lemon and Bonnie, Bonnie Holt. Now, Bonnie first... THT History First, and you're about to celebrate 40 years, is that right? That's right, yeah. So Terry, Terry Higgins, as he was known by, by his friends, um, was set up um, Terence Higgins Trust. He was um, a known person to have died of an AIDS-related illness, and the charity was set up 40 years ago this year, um, on the 4th of July. So we'll be celebrating... 40 years of the Terence Higgins Trust and all the amazing work that we do, including um, work in Bristol. Okay, so, but you are national, yeah? We are a national charity, yeah. Y- yep. um, I'd, I'd like to point out that we started off um, in on the November the 5th in 1985 as the Alid Richards Trust. Alid was, um, died of an AIDS-related illness back in 1984 um, and the trust was set up um, to support people living with HIV. In those days it was a, deemed as a terminal illness and people were you know, needing an awful lot of um, support particularly with stigma and discrimination um, and it was uh, set up first of all in Mark Lane um, as um, a phone line and then after kind of uh, moved around Bristol a bit and then we ended up in um, Old Market um, there for quite a number of years and now um, quite a few there's quite a few offices across the country uh, London being the biggest office okay um, so is that is that THTHQ is it the London yeah. office ah, okay Terence okay. Higgins Trust is, is the main office in London, but yeah, we're, we're right across the country. Over the last 40 years, THT have helped an awful lot of people, I guess. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as we go into HIV testing week... So I'll give you a little bit of background into the Bristol area, because that's sort of important and that feeds in. Um, in Bristol, we've got a really high prevalence of HIV, and there's currently around about 900 people living with HIV. Um, it disproportionately impacts on groups of people which are men that have sex with men and black of black African heritage. The, one of the issues is that about 40% of people are diagnosed late, um, and this is not good for the patient because uh, there's an increased risk of passing it on, but also for their health. So we're keen to test as many people as possible. Um, so testing week is about uh, informing people that treatment for HIV is really effective, um, and we want to make sure that people are diagnosed early. 
Um, so part of our campaign here in Bristol is um, promoting a you equals you message, which is undetectable equals untransmissible. And that means that people with HIV who can achieve an undetectable viral load by taking antiviral therapy daily, they can't transmit the disease to others, so that stops it from spreading. And we um, at Unity Health are going to be reaching out in the community. We're going to be offering um, some community outreach, and that will be testing for HIV and STIs in university settings and health centres uh, and we'll be advertising um, that activity on our social media which is at Unity Health so at Unity Health um, so people can follow us on there Okay, now of course there is medication available which is uh, Pepin Prep Okay, now how do people go about getting help? Okay, so PrEP is now available for free at Unity in Bristol for anyone who's high risk. Um, and so they would offer um, a consultation to see if people meet that category. Um, and then they would be able to get that uh, daily medicine to reduce the risk of getting the virus. Um, there's also been an in increased uh, uptake in PEP recently, which is good because that shows that people are becoming more aware of it. And again, it's about looking on the Unity website. Um, there's a clear link for um, PEP and PEP, and you can find out more information about who to contact um, and how that, how what that would then look like in terms of support. Okay, so obviously a very important week. That's right. Um, so Bristol is a really innovative city in terms of um, being committed to accelerate work to address HIV uh, with a particular focus on testing and reducing stigma. We're part of something called Fast Track Cities, which is an initiative led by UN AIDS in collaboration with the City of Paris. And it aims to support fast-track cities to deliver on the commitment of the Paris Declaration to end the AIDS epidemic by 2030 and to address inequalities in access to health and social services, whilst reducing HIV stigma and health disparities to zero. So our work here at THT is very much about supporting marginalised groups, so those people who may not typically be able to find it easy to access clinic the central clinic here so that's why we're continuing as you say throughout the year to go out we've got regular testing sessions at the wellspring surgery and east trees health surgery and we're working with other gp centers and health centers to um, expand our reach we also do clubs and go out in the evening to target people um, that have a social life and uh, we also um, are going to universities so they've got a big event on throughout February looking at self-care so we're going to have a presence um, a presence there as well okay so this is obviously a national incentive so every part of THT across the country will be doing the same thing that you are um, similar, well, in, in all areas it will vary depending on the partners that they have in place with there, but certainly there's a um, central focus from Terence Higgins with, with some very key messages that we want to share 
and we'll we'll all be sharing those across the country yeah okay now going forward what's THT got planned because you as you say you've come into 40 years what about the next five to ten years um, I guess it's working on that commitment to end the AIDS epidemic by 2030. Um, we're committed to doing that. Um, and I'm sure there'll be updates on new strategies um, in order to, that Terence Higgins is sort of paving the way to do that. Before we end, um, can we give out website addresses? And I think you mentioned social media, but that all important contact uh, for people who might be on the first step of the ladder. Um, you can phone uh, the local number is, um, I mean, you can go to Unity Sexual Health website that, uh, and just look, just um, sort of put in HIV or PrEP and you'll be linked into the information about getting more information about those. Okay. But if, but if you're really worried, you've had like a sexual encounter um, and you're feeling, you know, you're feeling you just want to talk to someone, then the local number is 0117 um, and you can also contact us via the social media, which I, which I already mentioned. Okay. Is there a national number? The best thing to do is to go online and go to the Terence Higgins homepage. Okay. And I might finish to just um, share some of the key messages that we've got for testing week. Absolutely. So testing for HIV is quick and easy. All it takes is a fingerprint. Um, it's good to know that people can live with HIV for a long time without symptoms because testing and testing is the only way to know your HIV status. If you have HIV, finding out means that you can start treatment, stay healthy and avoid passing the virus to any way, to anyone else. There are many ways to test at a sexual health clinic like Unity, your GP or through HIV and sexual health charities such as THT or ordering an online test. Anyone diagnosed with HIV in the UK can access free treatment and support. Anybody living with HIV uh, just diagnosed um, can get support from Terence Higgins Trust. Um, I run the health and wellbeing groups, um, give one-to-one support um, and work alongside Brickstow with um, some of the the groups that we run and this year I would also be um, starting up some support groups as well. Okay. Bonnie Holt, Kate Lemon, THT, Unity Health, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. LGBT History Month with BCFM 93.2. Alan Turing. Turing is considered the founder of modern computing and by breaking the Enigma code is credited with shortening World War II by an estimated two years and saving an estimated 14 million lives. Turing was convicted for homosexual acts in 1952, resulting in his security clearance being revoked and was forced to take hormonal treatment. He died at the age of 41 from cyanide poisoning. The coroner's verdict was suicide. In 2013, Turing was granted a posthumous royal pardon, formally cancelling his criminal conviction. In 2017, 
the Alan Turing Law provided either a posthumous pardon or an automatic formal pardon for living people where similar offences were removed from their record. LGBT History Month with BCFM 93.2 The Shout Out Podcast Are we all feeling a bit gay there? Terry? (laughs) Very. (laughs) You're already gay, Terry. Just so you know. Just a little. Just a little. I'll send you an email to confirm that. Uh, that, (laughs) My membership number. That is... Yeah, your number. Send you your your box, your starter kit. Oh, gosh, that... (laughs) (laughs) We've got all about that. that. In years. Remember? Yes, we used to talk about the gay gay starter starter kit. What we were having the gay starter kit. Well, we had phase one, phase two, phase three packs, didn't we? And well, I think you did. I mean, you, you well, <laughs> why would I want a gay starter kit? <laughs> well, you were invented. We could, well, no, for gay men. What we could do with is some lesbian starter kits. We could, right. and maybe non-binary starter kits yeah. and yeah. and trans starter kits. Yeah. There's Sorry. a business in there somewhere, Steph. <laughs> I don't know where. <laughs> Chief <Terry>. executive. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that was uh, Racial Flag High by Rick Palmer, um, which is actually a fundraising track um, with all the proceeds going oh. to THT. So um, I believe it's out now, um, yeah, available on iTunes yep. and other uh, platforms. So, um, yeah, if nice. what a nice disco track. Yeah, and nice to remember Terry Higgins and his legacy and Alan Richards as well, one of the first people from Bristol to pass on from an AIDS-related illness. Yes. As yes. well in that piece that what Bonnie was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good. Anyway, mate, are you ready to give us some news headlines? I certainly am. This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 3rd of February. In a shocking development this week, the independent online magazine and news channel Vice News quotes LGBTQ lobbying group Stonewall and the civil liberties group Liberty in calling for a top-level inquiry into the activities of a body that was originally set up to defend human rights by a previous government. Stonewall said that the Equalities and Human Rights Commission had betrayed LGBTQIA people. In a lengthy article which you can find at vice.com, evidence is presented that explores the dubious links between EHRC senior staff and anti-transgender extremists, including those who also hold homophobic and misogynist views. Website Steph's Place, which represents feminists supportive of trans rights, conducted research over the period of a year, and they were assisted by Vice Network's Ben Hunt, an award-winning black gay journalist who also worked for the BBC and has exposed much homophobia and racism in institutional settings. Steph's Place said... The EHRC was already lacklustre in protecting the rights of transgender people, but to find that it has been covertly working to subvert the rights of those it was originally established to protect is truly sickening. For more analysis and for more on this quickly developing story, you can also visit stephsplace.uk. 
time is running out to respond to the government consultation on formally prohibiting quack therapies, often practiced by religious extremists and fundamentalist groups, offering to reprogramming gay and transgender people into heterosexual and cisgender individuals. The deadline is close of business on Friday the 4th of February. A coalition of LGBTQIA charities and campaigners have said that you can be sure that religious extremists are making their views known. Therefore, whether or not you have personal experience of these practices, it is essential that you have your say. The chance to formally and decisively stop anti-gay extremists from corrupting our youth may not come again in a hurry, one campaigner told us. The Anti-Conversion Therapy Coalition have a useful and helpful website that will walk you through the process of completing the consultation. Visit www.banconversiontherapy.com Business network Trans in the City has launched a blistering condemnation of the current government's policy platforms, which they say have actively opposed transgender and gender nonconformist rights in the UK. The network says that it would not be participating in a planned showcase of the government's equalities platform to be called Safe to Be Me, which is to take place this summer. Trans in the City said, Today, being a trans person in the UK is significantly worse than in most of Europe. We would support the UK government's genuine positive effort to celebrate positivity and progress for trans, non-binary and gender non-conforming people in this country. However, the government is actively working against this goal and does not view trans people as having a positive role in society. The Bristol-based academic Dr Finn McKay has written in The Guardian on the prejudiced attitudes of straight society which tries to marginalise LGBTQIA parents through the control of language. There is no attempt to rewrite standard narratives on parenting, says Dr McKay, contrary to what the right-wing papers may claim. Rather, the agenda is to marginalise same-sex parents. Dr McKay writes from her own experience and notes, As a non-biological parent, I regularly have to deal with misconceptions and assumptions about what my role is in relation to my children and how these children came into existence. The DC Comics franchise Batgirl has made a first for diversity in the crossover realm from comic book to movie. Digital Spy reports that trans actor Ivory Aquino has been hired to portray the transgender character Alicia Yao in a forthcoming movie version of the popular range of comics and television show. The character of Yao first appeared some years ago in a comic book and now we'll move over to the silver screen. The gay clothing brand Andrew Christian, which also blogs extensively, have compiled a list of the maddest but baddest anti-queer conspiracy theories on the internet. Serious as they f- in that they feed into prejudices against LGBTQIA people, the conspiracies are also worthy of ridicule. The top five conspiracies identified are that homosexual men are using education to recruit children to become gay, that same-sex marriage will lead to men becoming second-class citizens because, of course, all women are secretly militant lesbians, that the former President Obama is turning frogs gay with chemicals in the environment, that trans women are poised to attack men and women to turn them trans, and finally, and most bizarrely, that Ellen DeGeneres is secretly running the world. The British pagan radio station Wildwood Radio has closed down. After some 11 years of broadcasting on the internet, like most of mainstream British paganism, the station was LGBTQIA friendly and played a variety of spiritual and pagan music for followers of various nature and traditional earthbound religions. The proprietor of the station said he could no longer afford to keep the station going from his own pocket and donations were not enough to justify continuing.
And finally, a special greeting to LGBTQIA pagans, Celtic Christians and observers of the agricultural cycle as the festival of Imbolc comes around this week. Imbolc means in the belly and reflects the pregnant nature of our surroundings here in the beautiful West Country. The pagan and spiritual bookshop Goddess and the Green Man in Glastonbury describes Imbolc, which in Ireland is St Bridget's Day, as a time when there is the promise of renewal, of hidden potential, of the earth awakening and life force stirring. Here is hope. We welcome the growth of the returning light and witness life's insatiable appetite for rebirth. Wikipedia reports that the folklorist Dr Ronald Hutton suggests that the festival of Imbolc has been marked across Northern Europe since at least the Stone Age. Well, however you celebrate or mark this time of year we wish you many blessings for these new stories and more we update our website every day of course please visit shoutoutradio.lgbt for shoutout news this week i've been terry Starr. shoutout news national and international lgbt news for you what was that ellen DeGeneres is running the world that think, I can believe. That, I think, think, think <laughs> Steph, you need to get your broom out and, and, and kick her out. That's your job. There's gay frogs. <laughs> gay frogs. <laughs> really? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT radio for you. LGBT History Month with BCFM 93.2. Marsha P. Johnson. Johnson self-identified in a variety of ways, as gay, as a transvestite, and as a drag queen. Today, Johnson would likely be referred to as gender non-conforming. She's considered to be a central figure in the Stonewall Uprising of 1969, when patrons of the Stonewall Inn, New York, first fought back against police harassment and brutality. The Stonewall riots are considered the most important event that led to the gay liberation movement. In 1972, Johnson helped establish a shelter for gay and trans kids and in the 1980s was a prominent AIDS activist for ACT UP. Shortly after the 1992 Pride Parade, Johnson's body was discovered floating in the Hudson River. Although initially ruled as a suicide, the New York Police Department reopened the case in 2012 as a possible homicide. LGBT History Month with BCFM 93.2 the Shout Out Podcast. Welcome to Queerstory. Today I am talking to you about Lana and Lily Vahovsky. If you're into epic sci-fi films or you just really like Keanu Reeves, and I mean who doesn't, then you'll probably already know who Lana and Lily Vahovsky are. They are incredibly unique in that they're trans, they're sisters, they've written and directed some of the most successful films of all time, and most of their writing has direct links to who they are, to their story, their journey, and to the LGBTQIA community. 
They have a really long list of cinematic masterpieces such as The Matrix, Cloud Atlas, V for Vendetta, the extraordinary television series Sense8 and the epic lesbian love story that is Bound, starring Gina Gachon and Jennifer Tilly, one of my most watched films of the noughties I think. Bound is a film that they made their debut as directors. The film was really well received for its star and craft and was one of the first mainstream films to feature a same-sex relationship without it being central to the plot. However, it was quite central to my version of the plot. Taking advantage of the positive buzz, the sisters asked to direct their next picture, The Matrix. And The Matrix came out in 1999. If you haven't watched it, it depicts a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality, which intelligent machines have created to distract humans while using their bodies as an energy source. Simple, it isn't. (laughs) But it also tells a deeper story, and that is what it means to be trans. When The Matrix was released, neither Lana or Lily were out as trans, but have since reflected on the films. And Lily encouraged looking back on her and Lana's work through the lens of our transness, saying that the themes of identity, self-image and transformation are very apparent in the films. The Matrix films are 100% about being trans, sisters say. That wasn't the original intention, but the corporate world wasn't ready for an allegory, a story that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, says Lily. Fans have speculated about political meanings behind the iconic films and Lily confirmed the theory to Netflix. I'm glad that it has helped people. The films have and always will be meaningful for trans people. People come up to me and they say these movies saved my life and I'm grateful I can be throwing them a rope to help them along their journey. The sisters wanted to make the Matrix trans metaphor explicit via the character of Switch, one of several crew members on board Morpheus's ship. Switch was written to present as male in reality, whilst presenting as female in the Matrix. A fun way to play around with the idea of online and offline identities and a subtle wink toward the idea that gender is a construct that can be blown apart like so many lines of green code. The concept also would have been pushed back ever so slightly against the idea that reality is more real than The Matrix, since The Matrix was the one place Switch could present as female. Warner Brothers weren't sure of the idea of Switch crossing the gender divide, feeling mainstream audiences wouldn't understand. She appears in the film but is played by women in both realities, but many saw past this and felt that there was a clear message surrounding gender and transness. The Matrix celebrated the idea that there were two worlds, separate but linked, and that what happened in one always influenced the other. The character Switch, who, spoiler alert, didn't make it past the first film, shows where our headspaces were, Lily says in a Netflix video interview. And then there's Neo, a regular guy, a corporate worker drone, unhappy with his lot before he breaks free of his old life and becomes literally the one, his true self. That brings us to one of the movie's weirdest cultural legacies, the idea of the red pill and the blue pill. In the film, Neo is memorably offered a choice between a red and a blue pill. Taking the red pill will awaken Neo to the truth of his existence as a piece of hardware in the dark post-apocalyptic landscape where he's used by machines as a literal battery. Taking the blue pill will let him return to the Matrix unhindered back to the safety of a life and a world that he understands, but one that doesn't make him happy. So Neo takes a red pill because that's how stories work and that choice takes him down a road that he least expected but realises that there could never have been another way once that choice has been made. And although he struggles, he's finally awake and free. The Matrix stuff was all about the desire for transformation but it was all coming from a closeted point of view. We were always drawn to science fiction because we were existing in a space where the worlds didn't exist. 
so we were living in a world of imagination. Lana was the first of the siblings to transition, telling the New Yorker in 2012 how much she was struggling with her gender identity around the time of the second and third Matrix films. For years, I couldn't even say the words transgender or transsexual. When I began to admit it to myself, I knew I would eventually have to tell my parents and my brother and my sisters. This fact would inject such terror into me that I'd not sleep for days. So I developed a plan that I worked out with my therapist, and it was going to take me three years maybe five. It may not appear obvious, but there are some quite distinct parallels with this writing and that, and that of Sense8. Complex characters who are struggling with their lives for different reasons and who are all much more than they appear. They're then suddenly thrust into a world that they must navigate, build relationships with others, learn who to trust, who they feel safe with, whilst also learning about who they truly are and making decisions that will impact them forever. They must attempt to discover the meaning of their unique connection, a shadowy organisation commanded by an elusive figure known as the Whispers, whose aim is just to hunt them down and get rid of them. Sense8's Nomi is played by trans actress Jamie Clayton, who is openly trans in the series and in real life and has a female partner in Sense8. The series is filled with complex, dynamic characters and was very much embraced and adored by the LGBTQIA community. So much so that they petitioned to get a final series of Sense8 to allow for answers to the questions they were left with when it was announced that Netflix was not commissioning a third season due to cost, as it was the most expensive Netflix series ever. And their plea was heard. The sisters brought the fans an incredibly detailed film which gave Sense8 fans the closure they were asking for. Another important character central to Sensei is Leto, a Mexican movie star steadily emerging from his own personal closet. His very public coming out on location at Sao Paulo's Pride Parade was a distillation of the show's best instincts, grand, intimate, glittery, humane. The camera caught its own image on the screens behind Leto, one person revealing the multitudes they contain and a reflection of the great number of Sensei viewers who might have had their own coming out story. The sisters experienced their own very public variations of this sequence, so there was passionate resonance running through this global epic. The characters arranged themselves into relationships that despotic politicians still tried to declare illegal, but the show always had old-fashioned love affair with love. In the finale, someone offers up a message that doubles as the sensate thesis. All the differences between us and all the forces that try to divide us they will never exceed the power of the love to unite us. All are welcome on the polyamorous friend-family sex pile. Dive in. <laughs> Although Lana came out as trans in 2010, there were many rumours regarding her gender identity that had been swirling around as far back as the release of The Matrix Reloaded in 2003. Lily came out in 2016, and in a candid statement to Chicago's Windy City Times, she said she was going public about her gender reassignment sooner than she'd hoped because a Daily Mail journalist had attempted to coerce her into an interview about her transition. Posing a self-portrait photograph on Twitter, she wrote, I knew at some point I would have to come out publicly. You know, when you're living as an out transgender person, it's just kind of difficult to hide. I just wanted and needed some time to get my head right, to feel comfortable. But apparently I don't get to decide this. She highlighted the difficulties faced by many who do not have the support that she's had. I am one of the lucky ones. Having the support of my family and the means to afford doctors and therapists, it's given me the chance to actually survive this process. Transgender people without support, means and privilege do not have this luxury, 
and many don't survive, she said. In 2015, the transgender murder rate hit an all-time high in the USA. A horrifying, disproportionate number of victims were trans women of colour. These are only the recorded homicides, so since trans people do not all fit in the tidy gender binary, binary statistics of murder rates, it means the actual numbers are much higher. So yeah, I'm transgender, and yeah, I've, trans- I've transitioned, she said. Lana received the Human Rights Campaign's Visibility Award that year. Advocacy group GLAD welcomed Lily's statement. GLAD is thrilled that Lily is able to be her true and authentic self today. However, she should not have been forced to disclose her transgender identity before she was ready to do so. Journalists must learn that it is unacceptable to out a trans person, in the same way it's unacceptable to out a person who's gay, lesbian or bisexual, wrote Nick Adams, GLAD's Director of Programmes for Transgender Media. It is so important that we have positive trans representation in the arts for it to be normalised and celebrated and for trans people to feel safe when they feel comfortable in sharing that they are trans. When The Matrix hit our cinemas, it became the most successful film of all time. The writers and directors were perceived to be two brothers with a gift of writing sci-fi in a way that just hadn't been seen before. Years later, they both shared with the world that they are trans women, and it became clear that most of their works had a lot of them within the stories and the characters. It seems that they both processed their transness through the medium of writing, delving deep into creating these beautiful, fantastical and surrealist worlds where they felt safe. A place to explore who they are, how they show themselves to the one by doing so. They beautifully created a world for every outsider to feel safe, especially those within the LGBTQI community. And that brings me to the end of today's Queer History. I'll be back soon. information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. LGBT History Month with VCFM 93.2. Sylvester. Sylvester James Jr. was born on September the 6th, 1947. An American singer-songwriter known for his flamboyant and androgynous appearance and falsetto singing voice. Born in Watts, Los Angeles, to a middle-class African-American family, Sylvester developed a love of singing through his local gospel choir. He left the church after the congregation expressed disapproval of his homosexuality and found friendship among a group of black cross-dressers and transgender women. His first solo album came in 1977, called simply Sylvester. The acclaimed disco album Step 2 followed in 78, which included the hit single You Make Me Feel. Four more albums followed. Sylvester campaigned against the spread of HIV-AIDS, which he died from on December 16, 1988. In 2005, he was posthumously inducted into the Dance Music Hall of Fame. The Shout Out Podcast. Oh, another feel-good track. Uh, you Make Me Feel by Sylvester. He makes me feel good, mm. or they make me feel good. Yeah. He did use the pronoun he, but um, I guess it was um, if Sylvester ago, was yeah. out and about now, um, um, probably they. she would be a they, them, or a, or a she. Oh, don't know. Yeah, don't know. Well, I don't think we'll ever know, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, no. No, lovely song. I really like that one. Yeah. So and lovely. Um, so let, now let's see if I can pronounce it correctly. Fakovsky. 
Verhofsky. Verhofsky. Yeah. yeah. Sisters. Yes. Yeah. Really cool. That's a really good piece. I enjoyed that. It was, yeah. I've been worrying more about the item that Terry read in the news now. I, I just can't forget the fact that um, Kermit <laughs> <laughs> is probably gay because and of that Miss Piggy is probably trans. <laughs> I find that uh, and I now know I'm going to have nightmares about this and who the hell is Animal well you, you, you yeah, what well, perhaps we'll have to see if we can get them on the show and we can ask them all what Kermit yeah oh that'd be Miss a breeze that'd be, <laughs> be brilliant wouldn't it oh dear yep we only got to say she'd out diva you I know that much for sure <laughs> oh ouch <laughs> <laughs> So I imagine Kermit could probably do a better job at this than me so it's, you know well, he's a bit greener than you. Mm, yeah. So. It's Chinese New Year this week. Oh, yes, it he is. Said, changing yes. the subject. Happy New Year yes. to our, our so Chinese friends. So it's friend. the Year of the Tiger. Yeah. yeah. We don't go out on any Chinese stations. Terry, you need to sort that. No, but I've got, got, <laughs> got a fair few friends who are Chinese who I don't listen. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I mean... It's weird, isn't it? Because China is a communist state, so the media is very controlled over there. But there are independent Chinese websites and, and stations, streaming services, and so on. So uh, maybe so. Maybe one day we'll get we'll get on one. Yeah. Well, yeah. yes. And, the, and like, like I say, there are listeners here. So hello, indeed, if you're listening. Indeed, indeed. Hope so you're enjoying welcome, the new year. We've welcome got listeners year in the UK. The tiger. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And Ireland, of I just course, want to burst DAB into radio. the song from the Frosties advert when you say "Year of the Tiger," like "I of the Tiger." It's like, yeah. Oh, oh what t- t- Tony the Tiger, yeah. the uh, Frosties guy? Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, well, well. Oh, do you remember the toys they used to have in those packs of cereal? The little plastic they toys do. that weren't protected or anything, so you could actually you could eat them. Yeah. Right on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do remember buying. Um, Packs of I don't know if it was frosty, but it was one of, one of the one of the cereals. Oh, um, okay. and, uh, still on it food, had, it had um, well, why would we go from that to condoms? Where did your mind go? I know go where your mind is. <laughs> I know you. So to tell well, a story Mr. about the fact you were talking about toys in 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 stuff. I remember when you got records on the front. And you, you'd eat the cereal, and then you would cut it, cut out the record. Yeah, to that's play. very true. Yeah. I remember that. It was a sort yeah. of flexi disc record. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, it was like Those a thin piece of plastic that was stuck. There was a lot. Chuck them free in some comics as well, didn't they? Like they did. Have music and, magazines um, like the New Musical Express would often have the latest bands on, sort of like a flexi disc on the front. I, I can't remember what yeah. they used to call it either. But at the end of like your Saturday morning um, kids TV, they used to have like this data blast. Where um, they would like do like a hundred pages in like you know about ten seconds, and you could on oh, your I video see, yeah. press you the pause and go forward a frame at a time, and and it'd be a little magazine. Yeah, basically. Yes, and on local radio, they often used to broadcast uh, data that you could then record and play into your Spectrum or Commodore or Atari, oh, gosh. one of those early computers. I bet that was horrible to and, listen to. Though. And then it was <laughs> very strange. Like listening to a uh, modem for those who remember yes. those. Yes. Indeed, and then you could sort of upload the sort of like game to your uh, computer. Gosh, those were the days. I do, yeah. Those I mean, I mean, it's like these days. You, you like you bring up your phone and you press a button and it downloads the game onto your phone. I do remember when games consoles first came out, um, sitting there with a friend with a tape cassette 
and you'd load That's the whole right. of one side, you'd turn it over, and then you'd load the whole of the other side, That's and it would right. take as long as a real cassette took. So it was like 90 minutes each side before you could play the game. Time. And if it missed one bit, it didn't tell you until the end, and you had to repeat the whole process all over again. <laughs> and it was infuriating. You went like, like two and a bit hours to be able to play a game that then wouldn't play because it hadn't read part of the cassette. It was, yeah. We've come on a long way. We've come a long and way. And everybody will know the connection between a tape and a pencil if you're of a certain age. Indeed, mm. indeed. Remember, we talked about that before, haven't we? That you used to wind a cassette on with a with a pencil. This is yeah. so interesting to our yes, LGBTQ community. Well, you're sat there saying nothing, you know. <laughs> I'm just gobsmacked. You know. We're just saying, I think, we're saying I think, like the. Um, that, I think you're the a bit. I think you're a bit put out because Ellen DeGeneres has stolen your spot, hasn't she? She's taken over the world. Master of the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what a good show, guys. Uh, anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, do stick with us throughout this month because we are going to bring you a lot more content about um, LGBT plus history month as we go through the next few weeks. If you want to hear the show again or any of our previous ones, mm, I'm not sure about that, head to our home <laughs> online, shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, next week, we're getting the riot act. We are. Uh, so join us for that from myself, from Steph, and from Terry, and from the lovely Ezra you heard there. Say bye-bye, everyone. Is Kermit gay? <laughs> Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.